0: Hi, this is Rachel Hine and Heather Levitis, Duke Plastic Surgery residents on The Resident Review, a Duke Plastic Surgery podcast. This is a lecture series designed to aid in preparation for a yearly in-service examination. Our goal is to take you through high-yield topics along with experts in their respective fields in order to maximize your knowledge and potential scores. Stay tuned after this lecture for a brief message from our sponsors. And remember to visit www.theresidentreview.com for outlines to go with our lectures. Today, we'll be continuing our Quick Hits lecture series on microsurgery. Heather, why don't you get us started?
1: All right. So hopefully this quick hit will actually be quick. So just to start with some free flap procedure codes that are all inclusive because we get tested on these relatively frequently. First one is elevation of the flap. The second one is isolation of donor flap vessels used for microvascular anastomosis. Third one is transfer of the flap to the recipient site. Number four, isolation of the recipient vessels used for microvascular anastomosis. Number five, microvascular anastomosis of one artery. Six, microvascular anastomosis of one or two veins. Seven, inside of the flap in the recipient site. And eight, primary closure of the donor site. And then just something to consider is distal blood flow when you're performing your anastomosis. Um, And if your distal blood flow is, I guess, inadequate You want to consider an end to side versus an end to end. The last thing you want to do, especially with a lower extremity flap is devascularize the foot.
0: All right. Next we'll talk about flap patency. So skill is the number one determinant for patency rates. If you're asked on an exam, venous couplers have only been shown to decrease the anastomotic time, not patency rates. And couplers can manage vessel size mismatch. However, they are contraindicated in atherosclerosis. Remember there is no known increased complications with the use of vasopressive medications during flap surgeries and known risks for thrombosis after free flaps include antithrombin deficiency, antiphospholipid syndrome, factor V Leiden mutation and perioperative tamoxifen use. Heparin is used intraoperatively to improve patency rates and Heather why don't you take us through some medications? Yeah. So I'm sure wherever
1: y'all are training, each attending has sort of a different preference for what anticoagulation kind of protocols they use, but some of the ones we get tested on are dextran, which decreases factor eight and von Wilburn factor, which results in a decrease in platelet function. And it also increases the electronegativity of platelets in the endothelium, which prevents platelet aggregation. It modifies the structure of fibrin. It actually increases its susceptibility to degradation. It's a volume expander. Unfortunately, dextran does have some antigenicity. So you want to give a test dose one to two minutes prior to actual, an actual infusion. Improved flap survival has actually not been demonstrated. And you can have ARDS from dextran use. So that's something you want to look out for. It can also cause acute renal failure. So you want to avoid the use of dextran in patients with chronic renal insufficiency. And then clinically proven effects of dextran include increased systemic complications. And then another medication that we get tested on is papavirin, which is a phosphodiesterase inhibitor or PDE. And then both herudin and heparin inhibit thrombin and then aspirin inhibits thromboxane by inhibiting COX.
0: All right. Now I'll just briefly touch on flat monitoring, which we probably know a lot about, but near infrared spectroscopy or as we know, bioptics, it's a non-invasive modality that allows continuous monitoring of tissue oxygenation saturation. So we are testing on what it does: it's tissue oxygen saturation. It's the percent of hemoglobin that is oxygenated in the tissues. It does improve flap salvage rates, and that's thought to be due to early recognition of flap failure. And then buried or partially buried free flaps are best monitored by implantable dopplers, particularly with omental flaps. And then Heather, why don't you take us through some flap salvage techniques?
1: You find yourself in your 2 a.m. take back because that's when they tend to go. You want to make sure you have your circulating staff grab some TPA because you might need it. It's a fibrolytic agent that breaks down clots by activating plasminogen to plasmin. It decreases the rate of fat necrosis, but not flap salvage per se. That's all that's been proven in the the literature. And then for venous thrombosis, TPA is successful in reestablishing blood flow if you use it in conjunction with thrombectomy, so like a tiny little Fogarty catheter, you don't want to administer TPA systemically. You're just injecting this usually intraarterial into the flap. Earlier reoperation improves flap survival, so it's super important to recognize compromise early. And the most common time for thrombosis is in those early hours from post-op time zero to 24, mostly within the first 12 hours, and a lot of times it happens in the PACU, especially in head and neck cases if you have to take the patient back multiple times, this is definitely a predictor for unsuccessful flap salvage. There's clearly something wrong. And an arterial thrombosis is associated with a lower salvage rate than a venous thrombosis or other kind of external causes.
0: Awesome. So that concludes our quick hits lecture on microsurgery and microsurgical techniques. I hope you enjoyed it and tune in for our next lecture. We would like to thank Allergan for their continued support of our podcast. Allergan Aesthetics is now a part of AbbVie, an international leader in many different therapeutic categories. Many of the topics and therapies we discuss on our podcast are provided by Allergan. They continue to be a leader in the fields of breast reconstruction, abdominal wall reconstruction, medical aesthetics, and much more. Additionally, they are dedicated to supporting the education of plastic surgery residents and plastic surgeons across the country.